Welcome to the Forest FM podcast, episode 139. I'm Killian Vigna. And I'm Zoe Bilal Springer. This week, we're coming to you live from the second installment of the Salon Owners Summit Roadshow. For the occasion, we'll be playing a few soundbites from the day, but we'll also be joined by both Sinead Carroll from the Forest PR and Events team and Olivia Smalley, social savvy stylist and speaker at the event. So grab yourself a cup of coffee, sit back, relax, and join us weekly for all your salon's business and marketing needs. Good morning, Zoe. Good morning from Philadelphia. From Philadelphia. <laughs> so did you actually make it okay this time? Because at the Chicago one, there was a bit of a... Just, bit of mayhem? Just a small bit of mayhem, just a little bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, this time around is was fine. And it's only about an hour flight from Montreal. So yeah, very, very easy travels down there. Love being Philly, to be honest. Uh, it's good vibes. And now, I mean, every time I used to go to Dublin to visit or for, for work and come see you guys and do like the live podcasts and stuff. I'd have loads of friends over there, but now everybody's moving to the US office. So everyone is transferred to Philly. So now every time I go to Philly, I'm really happy. I get to see everyone. You're the only one missing there. <laughs> yeah, there's quite the crew moving over, but it's good because it's going to show that we actually have Irish boots on the ground over in Philadelphia, which is something that the office has been crying out for for a long time. Not just Irish roots, but you know, we're an Irish company and it's good to kind of see people from the head office moving over, touching ground over there. So it's really exciting time to see the development there. Yeah, it helps with the culture as well of just like forest itself. Um, exactly, yeah, yeah because every, every company needs to have a good culture and that's kind of instilled in us here at the head office. So it's good to have people bring that over. Mm. Yeah, so uh, yeah, no, we're we're having a good time so far this morning. We're at the Lucy, um, beautiful space, by the way. Registration networking breakfast is taking place. We're going to be having the intro and welcome in a couple, couple minutes, I guess. Um, and then we're going to kick off the day with Ashley Tulliver-Williams' Go For Broke presentation, uh, which, you know, we talked about a little bit on the podcast a couple episodes ago. Yeah, that was episode 128. And it was actually the Salon Summit Roadshow. Um, it was the chats with Ashley and Sinead promoting this uh, event. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so no, I'm really excited to see how uh, how that's going to turn out. This is actually going to be a new thing from this episode. So the last time in the Roadshow uh, in Chicago, we took a lot of Fox Pops and we had like a snippet playing from the post-lunch mindfulness session and stuff. This time around, we're going to be playing a few um, sound bites from the actual talks. So just to give you a bit of an insight and uh, hopefully get you excited and come to the next road shows, wherever that might be, that next third edition, you know? Do you reckon we can expect anything like Marlo Boyle did last year? Like I remember um, you had a recording and you actually got me to stand up and listen to the recording while you're just sitting there watching me. But it was really good, though. It was really cool. Nothing planned around that this year, I have to say. Um, but we'll see whatever comes after lunch anyways. I'm sure that there's going to be something after lunch to get people back into the, the mindset of, you know, learning and not just thinking about how full they are and how delicious the food was. <laughs> so, Zoe, you mentioned there that we're going to be including sound bites into this episode. Who can we get those sound bites from? Who are we going to be hearing today? The first... Uh, snippets that you're going to hear on today's episode are from Ashley Tulliver-Williams from her session Go For Broke. Then you'll hear Olivia Smalley and then parts from value-based leadership delivered by Jay Williams. And I kept doing what everybody told me to do. And we were a million-dollar salon. And Houston got hit with a hurricane. We didn't lose the building and we almost lost the business. 
If we can get to a space where we get back to the space of thinking, which is where that creativity happens, but in business, we stay right there and we go look for the answer in someone else's cookie cutter. The answer isn't to control emotions or eliminate gossip or sit around the campfire singing kumbaya. The goal for culture in business is results. Here's the thing. We as business owners need to focus on the sales. We can know the sales, but our people don't need a lot and they don't respond to results-driven metrics. We have to get to a space where we're looking at metrics that are focused on behavior and you will start to see things shift in a way that I'm telling you, I can only tell you from experience because remember I said I wasn't gonna come up here and talk about anything that I didn't know was actively happening in the business. But it's all about the connection and communication and the things that are being spoken to the people that they then are able to speak to consumers. Salon owners, why do we post a picture of hairspray and say nothing? There is no call to action. There is no we're running a special this month. There is no come get a service at our salon. There is nothing that they can follow up with. So why are you posting a picture of hairspray? If you are only posting pictures and you are not writing captions, you are not utilizing Instagram to 100%, okay? The caption is where people get to know you. How do you keep up with the people online is you as a stylist go online and you communicate with your clients and you talk to them. What we all need to realize is we talk about selling retail, we talk about bringing in more clients, we talk about doing all these things, but realistically, just utilizing the platform and making it a part of your everyday routine to just check in with your clients, to just engage with them, it makes your relationship actually better. Would you not agree? It's not about how you do social, it's about being social. Values affect our decisions, our goals, and our behaviors. Values lead to predictability. And predictability leads to trust. And what they have to trust is that you can deliver what's most important to them. Great leaders have the ability to take their values and turn them into a compelling cause for others to follow. There's a direct correlation between you living your values and you being emotionally committed to where you're at. Studies have shown people are far more responsive to a conversation around values and morals than they are behaviors. You got to decide, are we a human business that employs our solution to the world via haircutting? Are we a haircutting business that employs it through people? That will decide the decisions you make. An organization's values should be the bedrock of why the company exists and how it makes decisions. They must be authentic and relatively specific so they actually resonate with the team. Nobody gets into their own business to forego their own values. Don't forego yours. Don't leave that to the popular consensus. Man, those snippets sound so good. Like, just listening to those snippets, it's making me want to go to the whole talk. I mean, like, we've already had Ashley Tolliver-Williams and Jay Williams, but 
oh, I just realised now that you both have Williams in their second names. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, we've we've already had them both on the podcast, both really good speakers, and I'm pretty sure everyone that has attended is quite engaged in those talks. Now, there is one there, Olivia Smalley, who I haven't had the privilege to interview. However, thankfully, our third co-host is <laughs> is over in Philadelphia <laughs> with you, um, Sinead Carroll. So she's actually going to take the, the second reins. Take over your spot for a few minutes there, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So I've granted her one day only. That's very kind of you, Killian. So listen, without further ado... Guys, welcome to the show. Olivia, Sinead, it's a pleasure to have you on today. Sinead is obviously not your first rodeo. You've been on Forest FM quite a few times before. You've even introduced some of our guests uh, as well. So yeah, welcome to Forest FM. Really happy to be with you guys today. Thanks for having me. Olivia, you're very welcome. How are you feeling? Oh my God, what a time to talk to me. Just getting off stage, I feel so like (laughs) pumped and motivated right now. So this is like the perfect time. I mean, it was a really good talk and you got people even on the stage with you you brought someone on stage with you literally oh yeah oh yeah I and you know what when I said I was like anybody want to come and nobody I was like all right <laughs> I'm, I'm choosing you I'm taking so she can't she was such a great sport she came right up yeah like no fuss no anything she's like okay sure no it's <laughs> like and this is my life right now but she was so cool and to really, um, you know, I show posing mm-hmm. in my classes, but it's so much easier when you actually have a model yeah. to get them to really like see it from me performing it as the stylist on how to pose my clients. So I think they really like that. So Olivia, we know that organic traffic on Instagram is on the decline for posts anyway. That being said, you've managed to get quite a few viral videos and posts out there. The latest one being using the eyelash curler to get the perfect bangs, which I was personally a huge fan of. What would be your top three tips for a great post? Um, your captions have to be extremely important. Um, your your captions have to be captivating, okay? The most underutilized space on Instagram is the caption that hairstylists are not taking advantage of. So think about it like this. If you're at the gym and you're only working out arms and you're not working out legs, you are not burning fat at 100% capacity. It's only 50%. If you are only posting pictures and not posting captions, you are not utilizing Instagram at 100%. So making sure that your content, your photos, and your context is on point using the rules of EEI. So you're either entertaining, educating, or inspiring on your post. So entertaining would be telling a story. Um, I always try to... My purpose on my Instagram page is to always, always educate Um, Because they say, uh, you know, I think it's about like 65% of people that actually come to you um, are the ones that learn from you. So if you're teaching people something, they're like, wow, she really knows what she's talking about. And when they go to do that tip on their hair with a tutorial or use that product, they're always thinking about you. Um, It's good to be on the top of people's mind all the time. So I do that through education. Um, And then I do uh, the I would be inspiring. So it's not like a motivational quote inspiring. It's actually like evoking them to try the tutorial on themselves. Go use a Defy Damage Joyco treatment in the salon um, for them to actually sit in your chair. So that's what I do with my captions. So everything has a purpose. Um, You're posting pictures of hairspray on your page. You're not explaining anything. You're not explaining ingredients. What was the point of that? So being purposeful, good lighting, and great photography taking. 
What I recommend for um, stylists to do is if they're kind of just getting their feet wet when it comes to creating content and capturing um, sessions with their clients is to actually message them maybe like a week before asking them, hey, you're going to be on camera. I'd love to capture your face. Come camera ready. I can totally appreciate that. That actually happened to me once before on a Saturday morning after getting my hair done. Bold face was not impressed but my hair looked great so i couldn't really say no could i literally if you took that extra six minutes from what you have already styled you can create a beautiful photo with using products with using shine sprays to really hone in so taking your time or making the time and taking the time in order to take those photos properly so it's it's kind of amazing from just doing a simple blow dry with no product no nothing to a blow dry with a flat iron and then using a shine spray right before you take the pictures and using a flash. That's like one of my biggest pro tips for stylists when it comes to photography. I guess you can then tag the brands as well in there. So it's all to your advantage to do that. Yes, yes. I recommend uh, tagging brands, tagging media outlets, tagging distributors um, in all of your posts. And that way you have the, uh, the option of being reposted. And that's how you take your local reputation global. And if that's your goal, that's awesome. Because everybody has different goals for social. A stylist would be um, to be well-known in the area and to have a full book. You know, a salon owner, same thing, but maybe be, to help promote their individual stylist. Um, somebody that wants to educate. If you're somebody that wants to educate and stand on a stage, you have to start on your own platform first and do that. That's like my number one asked question is how do I become an educator? You educate. At the end of the day, the overwhelming majority of people want you to succeed. When I was preparing for the episode, well, today, this interview specifically, I stumbled upon your social media quiz, personality quiz on your website. And I had to do it. I had to do it because I used to manage for social media accounts and I've never actually... I didn't like study to do that. I just kind of happened to do it. I got the perfect social angel, but obviously that's not the only personality out there. So what are they? Tell us about the quiz a little bit, like, and maybe a few of the characteristics or maybe the, the most controversial personality. Um, so it, it doesn't surprise me that you got the social angel. So basically the social angel is, they just follow the rules of Instagram. They just do it. They don't complain about it. Um, but some of the other personality traits would be the mama's boy or girl. Um, basically that trait is everything is everyone else's fault and they take absolutely no accountability when it comes to social media. So they blame the algorithms, they blame Amazon and they take no action because they just keep blaming it on everybody else. The second one would be the non-committer. So the non-committer is basically people that just don't get on social media at all. Um, they make excuses. They're an excuse machine all the time. Um, the dreamer is the one that says that they will do things for social media, but they never do. The player is they act like they have it all, but they live a life of illusion. So those are the people that are posting their fancy cars and doing all these things. But realistically, the illusions are from social. So I actually got these um, social media traits from a movie. And it was actually a book, too, by Steve Harvey. It's called Think Like a Man. And I was it's one of my favorite movies. And I'm watching it. And I'm like, as much as these are like, relationship traits they are such social traits as well and they connected really well and that's how I came up with the quiz I need to do that quiz I'm totally gonna do it right after this interview well maybe maybe after the show is fully complete 
Something that a lot of people are overthinking is how to manage social media accounts in terms of the business one and then the stylist one. How do you keep that consistency? How to make it feel like people are working towards the same goals and vision for the brand? And most importantly, how do you measure success? So what I recommend is to actually do like a social media meeting and kind of get the the squad together and just basically say, if I'm the salon owner, I'm going to say, you know, 2020 for our years, these are our social goals. So, and coming up with almost like a social calendar and maybe assigning different stylists who want to be involved because you don't want to involve people that don't want to be involved because the quality of the content will not be there. So I would say like a social calendar. So that means, um, you know, one day we're going to spotlight a stylist the next day we're going to spotlight products, maybe a, um, like a tutorial of you doing something on yourself so somebody can replicate it and maybe even show them how to create that. So, of course, me being on stage, I showed you guys all today how to create that. And now the salon owners can actually go back to their stylist and show them how to do that. And what about videos? A lot of people were asking how to shoot, edit videos on their phones without an assistant. Like, do you use apps? Do you have any tips around that? Uh, Yes, absolutely. I actually, video is so important, especially for algorithms. Instagram states that the longer a person spends on an individual post is how often it will become an interest to Instagram. So what that means is if you spend, if you post a video, okay, and you spend five seconds, 10 seconds, a whole minute, basically Instagram's gonna say, wow, you must really like Olivia. Every single time Olivia posts, we're gonna make sure she shows up on your feed, okay? So video is great for algorithms and staying in the feed because Instagram looks at your post now as common interest to people, okay? Um, Number one issue is people don't know how to do video. Uh, I actually just came out with a video on my website, OMG Artistry, on how to film video, edit video, straight from your phone without an assistant. So I actually talk about your client getting involved in the filming process. It's actually very cool. I talk about all my tripods that I use. I talk about all my lighting, all my little gadgets, all my pro tips. I talk about posing clients, um, making them feel comfortable. And then I go straight into actually filming it and then how to edit it and put it on Instagram. So it's a, it's like a 35 minute video. It's very informative. Um, it's literally from point A to Z. And would you say that you get most engagement from video through IGTV or with short posts through your regular profile? Yes. Well, IGTV is a is the one of the newest platforms on Instagram right now, and they are heavily, heavily trying to push it. So if you even look at your feed, every five to ten photos or videos is gonna be IGTV because they wanna push it more. So if there aren't people on the platform, that's why you need to be on the platform, okay? You'll be more susceptible to be on the Explorer page, which is awesome because the Explorer page is where people can really find you. So aside of hashtags, aside of being, you know, tagging three friends and your friends get tagged in your posts and stuff like that, the Explorer page is where you go viral. That's the truth. That's where more eyes see you. Um, The more times people comment, you get back to them. You're creating engagement for yourself actually, when you comment back to people. So it really, um, IGTV is an awesome platform to really stand out. 
Well, Olivia, it was a pleasure to have you on today. Uh, really, really excited to see what people are going to come up with uh, on their on their posts and, you know, seeing that the stories that are going to be tagged or posts are going to be tagged on this episode. You have a YouTube channel, you have a podcast show. All of this, this is all accessible through your website, omgartistry.com. Is that correct? Yes, absolutely. And if you're looking, realistically, you search YouTube and put OMG Artistry, you'll find me. Literally, my name on the podcast is the OMG Artistry podcast. I keep it real simple, guys. And for everyone listening right now, please make sure that you take a screenshot listening to this podcast. Put it on your stories. Tag us. I want to, you know, engage with you guys, become friends. So tag me at OMG Artistry. And then Zoe, what's yours? Uh, for Forest Salon Software, it's literally just that, at Forest Salon Software on Instagram. Um, again, thank you so much for taking the time. This has been an absolute pleasure. We'll chat soon on either either one of our platforms and uh, keep the conversation going. All right. It was so nice talking to you guys. Thank you for having me today. Well, thanks so much, Olivia. You're absolutely amazing today. It was so fantastic to have you here. And I'm sure our paths will cross again soon. Well, I guess that's that. That's me out of a job. Don't need to be... Uh, <laughs> you and Sinead did a great job there, I guess. Uh, all right, so I'll uh, look for my P60. But yeah, whatever. Nah, nah, nah. Two years of work. <laughs> <laughs> she could just be the US co-host for now. But anyway, <laughs> before I get too bitter, let's move on. Who else do you have soundbites coming up for? Yeah, so the rest of the day is all about, you know, passion, motivation, inspiration and all of that kind of stuff. So coming up next on this episode, you're going to be hearing soundbites from Rachel Ringwood's Safeguard Your Passion, Josh Haffett's The Science of Motivation, Joe Gagliotti, Joseph Anthony's Story, and then our very own Mikey Cannon, The Future of Salon Marketing. In January 2011, after moving back to California, I survived six days a week, seven booked days, and one day I just felt lightheaded. I went down, my whole body collapsed, and I hit my right quadrant on the top of the floor on tile. I knocked myself out for about a minute, and I got a really, really gnarly hematoma. It was my fifth concussion that I've gotten out of all my sports injuries, and with this hematoma, since it was so bad, the doctor said it was a 50% survival rate. I developed vertigo, I developed a speech stutter, I have constant ringing in my ears, and going back into the salon was one of the most intense things that I've ever done, because I wasn't doing it for me. I got hurt, I couldn't even walk straight for two weeks. I had to change my whole salon, I changed my lighting, I changed the decor, I changed anything that would kind of help. I wear these glasses because of lights, because my eyes are really funky, and hearing is a very sensitive thing too. So this is where I realized that if we do not have our minds and bodies, we will not function. The simplest things that we can do, invest in a cutting stool, get a mat, you know, make sure you have healthy snacks at the salon, be a good leader, especially if you are a leader, you have to make sure that the whole group, yes, is has good values, but also has enough that we're all on the same page and you have each other's back. In our industry, we just, we don't think of our bodies enough. I think it's important to invest in therapy if you need, because we are therapists for other people. We hear a lot of stories, maybe some stories that they will never tell their family, friends, or anyone. I've heard some really dark stuff, some stuff that I'm like, okay, I think we need to find you some help. Listen to the words they're saying and listen to the things that they feel like they need. I think the biggest takeaway is just want everybody to reevaluate themselves and figure out if there's anything else you can do to make yourself happier. If your mind and body doesn't work, it's not going to work. You don't want your mind and body to burn out before your passion does. And I think that's really important. 
you have conscious and unconscious things happening in your brain. And even whatever you're, even though you're conscious of only some of those things, there's always these processes happening in the background. Now, the reason why that's important for motivation, what you don't realize is that some of those background processes are absolutely affecting your choices and your actions, and you aren't even aware of it. Fear can motivate people, but the problem with having an organization that uses fear as a motivator is number one is it has a diminishing impact. So what you were once fearful of, you start to get numb to it. Number two is it lowers self-esteem in your people. It creates negative culture, creates turnover. So if you find yourself using fear as a motivator, that's probably not an effective way to create that intrinsic motivation in your people. A couple of things about money as a motivator. Number one is they found that money is most effective as a motivator once you just just getting you to some critical threshold. And then once somebody is at that level, it starts to really lose its impact as a, as a motivator. If somebody feels what they're doing in your salon every day is worthwhile, they're going to have much more discretionary effort. They're going to be much more motivated than if they think what they're doing has no value. People will sacrifice their lives for something they believe in. Culture is a really, really important place to start that leads to purpose. How much clarity do your people have in what their own purpose is? Without building in these mile markers for success, these goals, there's no dopamine. You are in this long grind behind the chair with no opportunities to celebrate. We have to build organizations that gets great results out of ordinary people. Our businesses won't survive if it requires just super women. And you guys in this room, by nature of owning salons, are most likely some of the top people in the industry. We can't expect to have a salon full of people just like you. We have to create an environment that gets great results out of ordinary people. And that's why you want to set those conditions. My uh, grandmother started, um, uh, was a hairdresser and did hair right out of our uh, house. And uh, she uh, did hair for a number of years. And then my dad started doing hair. And um, in uh, the mid-70s, uh, built a salon in the basement of, uh, of our house, which I'm sure a lot of people here, a lot of us hairdressers have that similar story. Then in about uh, 1985, decided to branch out and put a salon in a shopping center. And uh, this was our first salon, just one little picture, but it had six stations, uh, 1,500 square feet, and uh, it was a great business. So I got, we got advice from a, another person who said, uh, build the biggest building you possibly could build on the land, because it'll be cheaper instead of like doing additions to it. So that's how we came up with our flagship location, which is our freestanding building, which is uh, 25,000 square feet. Going from 3,000 square feet to 25,000 square feet was a huge learning experience. The one thing that I can tell you that's helped us immensely is surrounding yourself with unbelievable people and uh, building relationships. You know, we have unbelievable relationships with our clients and even like our distributors taking risks. Um, every project that we've done, um, I always say this is it. I'm not doing anything more because it stressed me out. It's too much of a risk. And here we are into the third spot. So I always say taking risks are important. Um, and education and personal growth 
you know, we always are always educating, always trying to better ourselves. I mean, needless to say, that's why we're all here. Um, and surrounding yourself with great people and leading from the chair. Like letting, one thing that we do is let stylists be stylists. Let them be creative. Let them do exactly what they're great, they're better to do and try and never stifle them and put too many things in place that you, you, uh, you ruin that creativity. So many salons are getting so many great reviews. I'm scrolling through to the negative one. I want to see the one in the two star. I want to see what they said, but I'm more looking for how did the salon reply? What words did they use? How do they deal with that negative review online? And that really gives me some insight into what that salon really thinks about their clients and how they will treat me if I walk in the door. If your reputation was a river, reviews are what keep it flowing. And that's the real thing, like sharing the burden or the opportunity to respond to people online with your stylist, making sure that they know how you want to respond, the words you want to use, what you want to say when you want to deal with those negative reviews is key to that online experience and that online brand that you're delivering to your existing and potential clients. When was the last time you tried to book a service for your salon on your mobile phone through your own website? Maybe some of it could be improved. Just looking at it from the client's perspective or new client's perspective, like is there things you need to tweak, things you need to change? Or is the branding really old and dated? Like did you build it 10 years ago and your salon has kind of moved on? Now part of that, that online experience, that controlling your brand and controlling the messaging is how you market it too. So it's all really well and good to have this new app and this new experience for clients, but how do you let them know that it actually exists? So that's it, Zoe. I believe that's pretty much the end of the day, is it? Yeah. The networking session. We're real business talks and everyone gets to mix and, you know. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, could you do me a favor? Because it sounds like it was a great day and you've really sold it to me, but I'd love to hear what the clients are saying. So if you still have your little buddy running around with you there, Sinead, could either you or the two of you just run out and get some Vox Pops from clients? I can't wait to hear what they thought of today. Well, you know what? I already have that planned. So you're in luck. <laughs> Before I seem antisocial to any of uh, the salon owners and forest staff, well, Killian, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to let you go. But as always, if you want to share your thoughts on this episode or have any suggestions, please send us an email at forestfm at forest.com or leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We genuinely love feedback and are always looking for ways to improve of the show otherwise have a wonderful week we'll catch you next monday but don't stop listening just yet we have the vox pops lined up right after this all the best my name is deb monty i'm from mill volley salon in san francisco i didn't have any expectations because this was my first road show but if i did have any expectations they would have been exceeded the speakers were so authentic everything that they spoke about was truly from their heart I didn't feel like I was in a big setting. I felt like it was very intimate, and I took something away from each speaker, like really important things that I can implement in the salon. My name is Lisa Reyes. The name of my salon is the Color Bar Waxaw, the Color Bar Hair Salon, and we are located in Waxaw, North Carolina. It was such a pleasure to network and talk with the other salon owners with a lot of our struggles, and we all have it, and I have the support of Forrest 100%. Uh, they exceed my expectations with all of the digital technology. They're way ahead of everybody else. Josh Hafetz, first time I ever saw him, his segment on late and reversing it all around, asking them questions, saying, well, 
What do you think the consequences to be if you continue to be late? How do you think the team feels when you're not here, you know, to help out and everybody else is? What do you think I should do? Turn it around, because I am done. I love that. My name is Jeff Davison. I'm from Antonino Salon in Birmingham, Michigan. It's my second Forest Roadshow. I was at the one in Chicago last April, and it definitely lived up to that one. The thing I appreciate the most is it's not product-driven or manufacturer-driven. It's really, you feel like you're walking away and you're getting some unbiased advice and information. I'm Michelle Makovich from Charlotte, North Carolina, and the salon that I have is called Salon M2. Everybody was great, that's for sure. However, Ashley is just one amazing speaker that I have been following for many years. So today when she spoke about being focused on the behavior-based versus the results-based metrics, that really resonated because we need to get into their behaviors first to create those habits before we throw out all these numbers and metrics that they don't quite understand yet. My name is Jessica. I am from Mill Valley Salon and Cosmetics in Mill Valley, California, which is just outside of San Francisco. I've been a manager of people for years. I mean, at 25, I was managing people, and I've always looked at people in the salon industry. I mean, it's a, it's a high-stress industry. We're go, go, go. We barely take breaks. We're always, you know, not eating. We're not sleeping. It's, it's a strange animal. And my style of management has always been kind of as a mom. I, I am a mom, but even before I was a mom, that was my strategy. That's just who I was. And I thought that it was such a good, valid thing to talk about because we need to recognize the signs of what's happening to people. And so when Rachel was talking about her story and things that were coming up, I mean, it was fantastic. I had 10 people pop up in my head just over the last few years that... If I would have had a little bit more information and I would have known what to do, I, I probably would have stepped in to help them. I also have a daughter who struggled with mental illness too, and she's going to beauty school next year. I would love people to understand that and, you know, step in and help instead of criticizing, pushing away, and ignoring things. So it was today was a fantastic day. This episode was edited and mixed by Audio Z. Great music makes great moments. Montreal's cutting-edge post-production studio for creative minds looking to have their vision professionally produced and mixed. Forest FM, the Salon Owners podcast, is brought to you by Forest Salon Software. We help salon owners get their clients back in more often, spending more, and generating referrals. Let's grow.